What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our L.A. Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 209 of Rams Up. A couple of episodes ago, as part of my player focus series, I decided to focus on two running backs, Sony Michelle and Zach Evans, two guys the Rams are trying to sort through as far as the pecking order at the running back position. Well, how did that work out, Mark? Not so good. Sony Michelle suddenly retires said his body was talking to him, and it was time to hang up the cleats. So we're going to have to revisit the running back room, at least to do a player focus on the Rams' newest running back. They have signed Royce Freeman out of Imperial County and the University of Oregon, a third-round pick of the Denver Broncos in 2018, was originally the starter there, and they got bumped down the depth chart by Philip Lindsay and then Melvin Gordon moved on to the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. Big back, 6 feet, 238 pounds. Won't say any more about Freeman now. We'll share a lot more about him on our Thursday episode and figure out where he might fit in this running back room. Best wishes to Sony Michelle. He helped us win a Super Bowl. The guy's a warrior and, you know, totally understand. I mean, I hear my body talking to me on the second flight of stairs. Sony Michelle, 28 years old, going through yet another NFL training camp. Time to hang him up. So best wishes, Sony Michelle. And another guy they recently added, Sterling Weatherford, has been released. Actually didn't pass the physical. So the Rams have an open spot there. Maybe looking to add another linebacker. Let's get into some training camp news. McVeigh confirming what we kind of all knew already, open competition at left tackle between Joseph Noteboom and Lyric Jackson, and an open competition at center between Coleman Shelton and Brian Allen. And the Rams need to sort through that and hopefully make a decision sooner rather than later because that has a domino effect on the right guard position, obviously. I think left guard and right tackle are the only two settled positions. Left tackles apparently between Jackson and Noteboom and how that battle for the starting center position turns out will affect who's playing right guard. If Allen wins, it's probably going to be Shelton or Logan Bruss at right guard, possibly Tremaine Ankrum as well. If Shelton wins the center job, then I think you're going to plug in Ankrum or Bruss. I don't think Brian Allen will be playing right guard. So a few days into camp, whose stock is up? Well, Steve Avila, reports are that he is big and he is quick. What a great combination for a left guard. I think we have a winner there. Tanner Ingle, the undrafted rookie safety, has really been stepping up. And this is a guy I overlooked, guilty as charged. I know some other people have talked about 
him possibly making a push for a roster spot. I went back and watched some of his games, and man, he is really strong against the run despite being a little undersized. I think he does have a shot. It's really competitive at the safety spot. You got Jordan Fuller, Russ Yeast, Quinton Lake, Jason Taylor, Rashad Torrance, Wendell Johnson, and now Tanner Ingle, 5'10", 186 out of North Carolina State, and Richard LeCount as well. I think Fuller and Yeast will be the starters after that. Man, it is a scrum for spots in this roster at the safety position. Rashad Torrance had a pick six in camp the other day, by the way, so he's been turning some heads, as has Puka Nakua. Reading between the lines, checking in on other Ram reporters and folks that are at the training camp, it seems as though the Rams are force-feeding Puka Nakua with the hopes of him stepping up into that number three wide receiver role. If he can handle it, that job might be his. If he can handle it, he is going to make a push for a starting job on this offense. Demarcus Robinson also making some plays. I think it's a good situation at wide receiver. Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, 1-2 it looks like. Puka Nakua, 2-2 Atwell. Demarcus Robinson, Ben Skowronik. They're all going to have a shot at a lot of snaps on this offense this year. And Stetson Bennett, man, he has looked like the real deal. I think we have our backup quarterback. Do we have our quarterback of the future? Hey, I would not discount that possibility. Can't wait to see him in the preseason. If you didn't see and hear Kobe Turner mic'd up, that was a lot of fun. Seems like him and Deshaun Johnson, the other rookie, are teaming up, becoming pals on that defense. If those two can also get it done on the field, our defense could be in pretty good shape. Some NFL news of note, Jalen Ramsey out until probably December with a meniscus issue. That is a bummer for Jalen and the Dolphins. That was a big addition for them. If the Dolphins are making a playoff push in December, how big will it be to add Ramsey to that defense at that point? Joe Burrow dodged a bullet. He was carted off the practice field the other day, but it was just a significant calf strain, apparently. He'll be out a few days, probably. And did you see Sean Payton? Man, this guy, he's always been a little bit edgy, sometimes unlikable, I would say. And he went off on the old Broncos coaching staff. He's the new coach there, right? And he... He laid one on Nathaniel Hackett and his staff saying what a horrible job they did last year. And then he comes back the next day and apologizes, says he's still wearing his Fox analyst hat when he made those comments. And that was totally out of line. Yes, Sean, it was. These two teams play in week five. So this adds a little bit of juice to that. Maybe I don't know what Sean was thinking. There is no value added, no purpose served by calling out your old coaching staff. And, you know, Peyton had an incident with the Rams uh, in 2018 in the preseason. I don't know if you remember this. And there was a sideline shot of Sean McVay looking across the sideline and asking one of his assistants, what the heck is this guy doing? And I went back and looked at the play-by-play. And I think it was at that point in the game where the Saints were up three touchdowns with about four minutes left, and they went for two. It was a pass. It was called incomplete, and Peyton challenged the call. And McVeigh was actually laughing on the sideline, wondering, this is kind of comical. What is Sean Payton doing? So that's kind of how Sean Payton is wired. He's pretty high strung. 
And in this case, against the Rams in the preseason, I think he kind of blew it. And in this interview, definitely blew it. But Sean, I hate to tell you, and I know from personal experience, some bells you cannot unring, and this is one of them. This episode, we have a player focus and we have an opponent focus. We're going to look at the Green Bay Packers and we're going to take a look at Marquise Copeland, a defensive lineman that we've overlooked a little bit. I was all set to do a opponent focus on the Colts, had got through most of it, and then we hear this Jonathan Taylor news. He's asking for a trade. So we're going to step back from the Colts for a couple of weeks. We'll get back to them this episode. It's the Green Bay Packers. from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. We are continuing our focus on Ram opponents, teams the Rams are going to be playing this year. This episode, we are going to talk about our friends from up north, the Green Bay Packers, a team that is in flux. The history between these two teams, the Packers lead the series 49 wins, 47 losses, and two ties. The Packers have won three straight, including a playoff game. Since that weird game at the LA Coliseum, Rams 29, Packers 27, that was a game where Ty Montgomery decided to try to run back a kickoff with a couple minutes left. Just had to hand the ball over to Aaron Rodgers and see if Rodgers could drive them down for a field goal. But Montgomery goes for the hero points, fumbles, Rams recover, and that pretty much sealed the victory for the Rams. The last time they played, December of last year, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers beat Baker Mayfield and the Rams 24-12. That was in Green Bay. Any games that should be mentioned? Well, I'll go back to that time Montgomery game. That was crazy. I still remember Aaron Rodgers with that look in his eyes of what the heck just happened. Take a knee in the end zone. Give me the ball and we win this game. And there's a very good chance they would have. So these two teams play week nine, November 5th in Green Bay. For once, at least hopefully it won't be a freezing cold game. It still can be cold early November in Green Bay, but I like the chances of the weather gods favoring us on November 5th as opposed to December 15th. Seem to get stuck in Green Bay in cold weather quite a bit. Well, what did they do last year? Well, they slipped to 8-9 after three straight 13-win seasons. That was largely due to a five-game losing streak beginning in Week 5. So they certainly did not live up to Green Bay Packers standards, that's for sure. Offensively last year, they were middle of the pack, and I'm not sure how much that means with Aaron Rodgers moving on and Jordan Love taking over. Pretty much the same deal on defense, but they were better against the pass than against the run. Player stats of note, Rodgers played in all 17 games and threw for just 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Aaron Jones played in all 17 games and rushed for over 1,100 yards. A.J. Dillon pitched in another 700 yards. Jordan Love got into four games, 14 for 21 with a touchdown pass. Their leading receivers, Alan Lazard, gone. 
Christian Watson, a young up-and-coming guy. He should be their number one receiver, I would suspect. And Robert Tunyon, the tight end. He's also gone, though. Quay Walker was their leading tackler. And Jari Alexander, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, had five interceptions. And he's probably a big reason why they were better against the pass than against the run. So Matt LaFleur, still the coach there, is entering his fifth year. 47 wins in his first four years. That's second best in history for a coach's first four years in the league. Their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, one of the best in the business. They've had some departures, though. Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb all moving on to the Jets. Tunyon, now with the Bears. Defensive end, Jaron Reed with Seattle. Mason Crosby, their longtime kicker, is gone. They did re-sign edge rusher Preston Smith to a four-year contract extension. Packers have never been really active in free agency in this year. Kind of the same deal. They did have 13 draft picks. And picks of note, the first round pick, number 13 overall, Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end out of Iowa. They picked two tight ends in their first four picks. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State and Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State. I suspect that is so that they can develop alongside Jordan Love. They also drafted Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, and Colby Wooden, a defensive tackle out of Auburn that I had mocked to the Rams a couple of times. They also snagged Carrington Valentine, the quarterback out of Kentucky in the seventh round. Really good value there. So this year, who are they going to lean on? An offense is going to be Jordan Love, the running back Aaron Jones, who's really solid, the wide receiver Watson, and their new number two receiver, Romeo Dubes, I think that's how you pronounce it, D-O-U-B-S. He's out of the University of Nevada. You're going to have to hope tight end Luke Musgrave steps up, and they have one of the best right guards in the business, John Runyon. On defense, Kenny Clark, the defensive end out of UCLA, and Alexander, the cornerback, two very, very good players. Ram and SoCal connections of note. Well, Lafleur, of course, was the Rams' offensive coordinator. Justin Hollins, the Rams' old outside linebacker, is with them now. Jordan Love is out of Bakersfield, played at Liberty High School there. They grabbed former Rams' long snapper Matt Orzak during the offseason. Kenny Clark out of UCLA and Carter High School in Rialto in Sean Ryan, the tackle guard out of UCLA and San Juan Capistrano. What are the fearsome four keys to their season? Well, number one, is Jordan Love the real deal? Reports are kind of mixed. They're definitely going to roll with him, so they must have some confidence in his abilities, but, but I think there are still some concerns about his accuracy. Fearsome key number two, hey, the two rookie tight ends. You invest two of your top four picks in tight ends. Rookie tight ends, they better step up. And I think they will. They're both really good pass catchers. And that could save them with an inexperienced quarterback like Jordan Love. Number three is wide receiver production. I mean, a lot of unknowns here. Watson, I think, is solid. I think he's proven he can play in this league and be a number one receiver. But they've lost a lot of experience over the last few years. Young receivers across the board for the Green Bay Packers. And fearsome key number four. And fearsome key number four, Jordan Love. Did I say Jordan Love twice? Well, well, I think that makes sense. It's Jordan Love and Jordan Love again. If he is an NFL caliber quarterback, 
He needs to bring the goods for the Packers to have a chance. What a tradition they have there. Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers and now Jordan Love. If he cannot play at a high level, this team's going to be in trouble. But hey, it's such an unknown. Jordan Love, it's all about him. And I'm going to throw in a fifth thing. Losing Mason Crosby is a pretty big deal. They have relied on him, and he has done a great job for so many years. You think it's bad the Rams losing Matt Gay? How do you think the Packers feel about losing Mason? There are going to be some nervous times in close games when they have to kick a field goal late in the game, and you don't see Mason Crosby trotting out there. Their schedule is the ninth easiest you know, some of these teams, their schedules, it's just crazy when you compare them to the Rams' schedule. There are so many opportunities for wins here. They open up at Chicago and at Atlanta, two very winnable games for any team. Then they go home to play New Orleans and Detroit. Both of those could be tough. And then at Las Vegas, they get an early bye. And then they come back and travel to Denver. They get the Vikings and Rams at home at Pittsburgh, come home again for the Chargers. And then at Detroit, at home against the Chiefs, and then at the Giants. And they close with Tampa Bay at home, at Carolina, at Minnesota, and home against Chicago. Their over-under is 7.5, and and it's all about Jordan Love. Uh, If I sound like I'm repeating myself, I absolutely am, because if Jordan Love can play pretty good football, there are a lot of opportunities for wins here because this Packer defense is probably going to be okay. They're well coached. But can you see them sweeping the Bears with Jordan Love at quarterback? Absolutely. Can you see them stealing a win against the Lions? For sure. Can they beat the Falcons and the Raiders? Maybe split with the Vikings as well. I think the Giants are going to be down a little bit. Tampa Bay and Carolina, both winnable games. Now they have some tough ones, obviously, notably the Chargers and the Chiefs. But still, I think there's a lot of opportunities for wins here. Final word on the Packers. Their defense has been rock solid over the years. And they have an offense that has played at a very high level, thanks to Aaron Rodgers, of course. Plus, they've had the great kicker. That formula propelled them to three straight 13-win seasons. And then they slipped to 8-9 and nine last year, largely due to that five-game losing streak. The question is, no Rodgers, no Crosby, Receivers moving on, Jordan Love at the helm with a bunch of young guys. Can they reclaim their old magic? Probably not, but can they surpass that projected seven and a half win total? I think so. I'm going to go with eight and nine for the Packers. And again, I'm going to echo this one last time. It's all about Jordan Love. Jordan Love plays decent football. This team gets to eight wins. If he struggles, it's going to be a long, long year for the Packers. I'm going eight and nine. I think after two or three games, we're going to have a really good feel of what the future holds for a Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers franchise. So we've started our opponent focus series, teams that we're going to play this year. But I'm going to continue our player focus series, and I'm going to get to a guy I've really been looking forward to covering, to sharing some thoughts on, and that is defensive lineman Marquise Copeland. A guy, as someone else said, I forget it was another Rams writer, pointing out that he could be a key player for this defense this year. 
with the losses we've had with Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson moving on. Marquise Copeland is a guy that the Rams just can't seem to get rid of. They keep on bringing him back, and he really has contributed when he's had the opportunities to play, and I think he's going to play a significant role this year. So let's get reacquainted with Copeland. 6'2", 287. He's just 26 years old. Came out of Bedford, Ohio. He was ranked as the number 33 prospect in that state. Some scouts saw him as a linebacker coming out of high school. So the prospect class of 2015, rated as a three-star, the 838th ranked player in the nation, and the 39th ranked weak side defensive end, as they called him. So he goes to the University of Cincinnati, 47 career games with the Bearcats, 187 total tackles, 21 for a loss, eight and a half sacks, four passes defended, and two forced fumbles. He was a 2018 second team All-American Athletic Conference, signed by the Rams as an undrafted free agent following the 2019 draft, and He's been up and down between the Rams and their practice squad ever since. He's been waived a minimum of three times, but they keep on bringing him back. And in March, he was re-signed by the Rams once again. 25 career games with the Rams, nine starts, got his first sack last year. And what did he do last season? 342 snaps on defense, twice as many as Bobby Brown, one more than Jonah Williams. 50 additional snaps on special teams. Coming out of college, NFL.com rated him at 5.40, called him an active interior lineman, consistent production despite a lack of great size or length, good upper body strength, below average physical traits, makes it difficult to project him as an effective run stuffer as a pro. But at the same time, Several scouts mentioned his tackling ability, above average tackler for an interior lineman, very quick at diagnosing plays, not a space eater, but plays quickly off of blocks. Phil Neufler, who covered Bearcat football, also noted his tackling ability, not just eating up blockers on the line of scrimmage, but actually making tackles. At least 50 stops while playing defensive line in each of his last three seasons with the Bearcats. Let's see what they said about him coming out of college prior to the draft. NFL.com rated him at 5.40, called him an active interior lineman with three seasons of consistent production, despite a lack of desired size and length. Said he had good upper body power and anchor strength, but his below average physical traits make it difficult to project him as an effective run stuffer. But at the same time, they mentioned that he's a above-average tackler, and Phil Neufler echoed that. He's a guy that covered Bearcat football and noted his tackling ability as well, not just eating up blockers at the line of scrimmage, but actually making tackles, had at least 50 stops as a defensive lineman in each of his last three seasons with the Bearcats. And Matt Anzio of Draft Diamonds kind of said the same thing, built like a wrecking ball, great quick first step, and again, a really good tackler, a good run defender, great option for a 4-3 team looking for a run defender at the defensive tackle position while adding insurance at the defensive end position in a 3-4 front. 
went back and looked at some game tape from 2022, and the Rams used him in a variety of ways, usually outside the right tackle. I guess you'd call that a five technique. If you go back to our classes in session episode with Paul Wallia, also saw him lined up right over each of the tackles and occasionally outside the left tackle. So it's probably unfair to compare his snaps with Bobby Brown. They're different types of defensive linemen. With Ashawn and Greg Gaines getting a lot of snaps, Bobby Brown is not going to. Copeland playing a different spot, really, a different role, was getting a lot more snaps than Bobby, more of a defensive end, five technique for the most part. I've seen the Rams do this over and over again with defensive linemen and some other positions. They have these guys on our roster that don't get a lot of action, don't get a lot of snaps, and then maybe their second year, they start to get integrated into the defense a little bit, start to see some hints of what type of player they might be. And then they get to the third or fourth year, and voila, there they are contributing on a regular basis. And I think that's what we might see with Marquise Copeland. We've seen hints of him being a decent player, a guy that can definitely rotate in and be part of this defensive line rotation, possibly even a starter. It depends on if they see Kobe Turner as a guy that's going to start pretty quickly, or maybe he is going to be the next guy that they bring along slowly. Maybe it takes Kobe Turner a year or two. And if that's the case, we're going to see a lot of Marquise Copeland in 2023. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.